These top stories in the news at this hour, President Ford schedules a major energy policy speech to be broadcast over WOR at 8.30 tomorrow night. Bronx legislator says he'll introduce legislation lifting the license of any doctor refusing to treat patients in the malpractice insurance dispute. United States officials reportedly concerned about the deteriorating political situation in Lebanon. This is Lester Smith reporting. Next news as it happens. Next scheduled news at 11 o'clock over WOR Radio 710, the talk of New York. human cake of yeast <laughs> ready to ferment and blow up there. Bring it up there, please. Will you, Barney? Please. The peoples is out there. The eyes and the ears of the world are upon you. All right, uh, did you like that? Uh, I'll give you a, a brass figurey with a bronze oak leaf uh, palm if you can tell me what that theme was. What was it the theme of? Right? And then, then a voice came out. Floodwaters rage through Mississippi. <laughs> Floodwaters were always raging through Mississippi. Thousands homeless. The Red Cross was on the scene. And now we take you down to Bathing Beauty Haven in Cypress Gardens, where we find... Well, all right, all right, I'm here, I'm here. Hey, I, it's summer, you know, that's what the... It may not be summer officially, but it's summer in my head. And uh, you notice I'm dressed in my summer finery here? Look at that, I tell you... This is this is the shirt that my Aunt Clara made for me. See, it's got all these little things that light up and all that's kind of nice, isn't it? I, you know, you can just see that everything is slowly disintegrating into chaos when I get the nerve to wear a shirt like this here, right? And I notice the engineers have been absolutely discreetly silent about it, which I like. Yeah, the old breed of engineer would have refused to do the show with me. Oh, they used to be very stuffy. Now they're just fluffy. 
which is <laughs> not the same. Would you? Uh, of course, these things get the get the very. You get into the religious discussions. The difference between a wolf and a stuff. I see a magazine, current magazine. This uh, little Lee in there was reading Cosmo, right? There was a whole article on how to determine whether you're stuffy, right? And uh, it seems that the being stuffy consists in using moderately decent English, largely. And, uh, you know, ordering good wines, things like that, that's stuffy. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you order uh, Cafe de Rothschild instead of Thunderbird? Well, then uh, you're possibly then a stuff. You know? Hey, give me some Thunderbird, eh? You're not stuffy. One thing about you, you eat plenty of Big Macs. And I'm smarter than the average, smarter than the average ranger. Smarter than, now let's go, bring it up, party, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old man is ready to go. Oh, some of these days, baby, you're going to miss me, honey. You're going to miss this crazy big old daddy sitting here. And I'm going to be gone. I'm going to burn up Route 66. I'm going to raise a lot of dust. I'm cutting out. Hey, B, I got my plan. Oh, you're going to sit around. You're going to say, how come I'm so mean when he's here? But he's going to be gone and he's never going to come back. He's going to go. He's going to go down that big old road. Somebody say, say, go, 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 Hey, listen, we've got... <laughs> Sober Madness has already begun here, friends. And, uh, you know, they report more on this kind of stuff in the other parts of the country. Uh, you never know what uh, time of the year it is here in uh, New York if uh, you had to rely on the papers, except that, you know, they have uh, Mets lose, Yanks drop pair. So uh, you just know, you know, you know it's summer that way. You know this. Uh, but the, 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 to to really talk about the summer madness, uh, it's it just a. I guess because New York is not a seasonal town, you know, there's no winter, no summer, nothing in there in this town that uh, that really would let you know that there's a change that's come about. Uh, it gets a little warmer walking down Sixth Avenue. It gets a little colder sometimes. Yeah, I had a friend one day just walked right out of a building here, and it was 42 degrees. He walked out. He says, "By God, it ain't summer." And I said, no, it isn't, Herb. He said, where'd it go? I says, well, you know where it goes. It just goes. Every year, I, I can't, I don't want to get into quantum theory here with you now, Herb. He said, but it's gone. Look, it's cold. I said, well, it's winter now. You've got to take off that Palm Beach suit and get rid of those sandals. Oh, it's cold. Well, that uh, is a New Yorker reacting to the change of climate. And I would like to uh, salute the <laughs> character here tonight, if I may. It's a very serious program here tonight. It's, uh, it deals with... Uh, what could be called Americana, right? And, uh, what well, is Americana? Well, I, I wonder if they have Boliviana in Bolivia, you know? Or Peruviana in Peru. 
I wonder if the guys sit around in, uh, say, a place like uh, Latvia or Estonia, and, uh, you know, one says to the other, well, what, what do they know about the Estonian way of life? Uh, uh, I, I, uh, here I am, a folk singer. I sing nothing but uh, pure Estoniana. Well, I suppose they do that, right? Well, okay. Yeah, I, I would like to uh, give me give me a little uh, just just a little razzmatazz music that you had there for a minute there to salute an old duffer who is about to celebrate his own world. Yes, in America, it was a time to yawn. The world to end, the war to end, all wars was over, and we'd won, and the confetti had been swept away. The year was 1922. your head. Oh, in the Mississippi. Do you have a commercial in there? Speak your head rotting? Right. Hotel starts with an H. So does Hilton. So when you think hotel, think Hilton. Especially since the Hiltons come to you in every color of the rainbow. You'll know our people in San Francisco by the bright clothes they wear. Our rainbow theme touches everybody from our bellman to our front desk receptionist. We have a Hilton Inn at the San Francisco airport that'll put you on the peninsula. And another Hilton Inn that'll put you in the East Bay, close to the Oakland airport. And then there's the San Francisco Hilton in the heart of everyone's favorite city. It's 46 stories high with a view that takes in everything from Chinatown to the Golden Gate. You can always find what you're looking for near a Hilton. It's just another way we're saying, be my guest. To reserve San Francisco or the world, call your local Hilton Reservation Service or your travel agent and come visit the Hilton. Hotel, Hilton. Hilton, Hotel. The next time you're in the supermarket, don't be alarmed if you see people looking at Ronzoni spaghetti sauce jars and writing things down. 
They're not trying to steal our recipe. They're just trying to win our sweepstakes because Ronzoni is giving away 500 Ladies Timex watches to people who send us a list of the ingredients in our sauces. We don't care if it's our meat sauce, marinara, meatless, sausage, or mushroom, as long as it's Ronzoni. Why are we doing this? Because we want to make sure you know we thicken our sauce with juicy tomatoes and rich tomato paste, not corn syrup, and that we use only imported olive oil, never partially hydrogenated soybean oil. If you want to make an unfair comparison, after you write down our ingredients, check our competitors' labels to see what they use. That should sell you on Ronzoni from now on. So if you want to crack at winning one of these 500 Timex watches, write down our ingredients on a postal card and send it in to this station. Yes, and this station is named, uh, uh, oh, shucks. Uh, we, you, no, no, I can't use that on the air, what we call it around here. It's, uh, it's, um, oh, yes, of course, of course, there it is. It's over the microphone in there. It's in the gambling. So, yes, W-O-R, that's it. It's funny. W-O-R, 1440 Broadway, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York. one double o o o o o o seven five six sj 7 that's uh, New York, New York. That's it. That's the tag. Now quit getting excited. Come on, come on. That was the tag, honey. You didn't listen to the commercial. You would have known what the tag is. Oh, down to Mississippi. Hey, did you notice that there was unfair sex discrimination on that that spot? 600 ladies Timex watches. Obviously, you know where Ronzoni's heart lies. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm telling you this. Wait, I, there has to be a, there has to be a, a male liberation magazine start soon, you know, called Jock, uh, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, sure. Oh, down the Mississippi, la da 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 da. You know, I think I think there's going to be a movement started soon to get uh, to to, uh, to to get away with those, you know, from those old uh, humiliating uh, sexist. Uh, Appellations that you put on people. For example, Mister. That's sexist, boy. I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't know anybody named Sheila that's called Mister. Well, I, you know, I, let's. I don't want to get into that hassle, but the, that's another ball game, Donnie. You have to handle that yourself, fellas. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this uh, sexist business. I mean, this Mister stuff. You know, have you noticed that, you, that the one of the biggest put downs today is to be called Sir? Absolutely. You know you're being put down when anybody comes up and says, uh, uh, your car is here, sir. That means two things. You're a rotten, crummy, stinking, male chauvinist pig male, plus the fact you're old. Anybody's going, sir. So I say the sexist discrimination's got to go. What would you suggest uh, for the new, uh, the new uh, on-moving, uh, non-sexist uh, 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 appellation for those of the, let's put it this way, the... Uh, the non-feminine gender. What would you suggest? Mister's out. Forget it. All right, wait. We're getting a report here from our intrepid uh, uh, suggestion department here. Lee. Hello. Yes, Lee. You all? Well, that's not bad. The Southerners have the, Yeah, well, of course, uh, they also call everybody buddy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, but I'm talking about, uh, like, say, if, if you know, let's take my name here. Uh, my name is uh, Shepherd, right? Well, now, I am continually being referred to as Mr. Shepherd. That is sexist. It denotes immediately that I am not a person. I am a sexual object. Uh, I, I, and, and, 
And, you know, it just, it's just very humiliating to pick up a magazine like uh, Cosmo, and they refer to people in there as Mr. Smashing. Obviously, this is uh, toying with the masculine gender, which for years has been a, an object of sexual uh, byplay and uh, uh, laughter, tittering in the ladies' room about us. And uh, we know what, wait, what they say about us. You walk past your average, uh, you walk past your average coiffure parlor today, and you see all these girls looking. And what do you think they're saying about us when we walk? I'm tired of that. I don't, I don't like to be a sexual object. It's just ridiculous. Sickening. And, and I don't blame uh, 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 Gloria for complaining when she walks past the construction site and all those guys are, Hey, look at that! Hey, hey, baby! Light on fire, huh? Ooh. She gets, I don't blame her for getting sore at that. That's terrible. Well, how do you think I feel when I walk past uh, Mr. Chucky's, for example, and uh, all these uh, dynamic uh, Cosmo girls are sitting in there and they're doing all this stuff with their hair and it's all flying, you know, they're walking around with their hair dryers, and they walk, I walk past and I'm embarrassed for blocks. Why, I just turned the other day walking past one of these places over on East 78th Street and I says, you stop that. I'm not a sexual object. Now you stop that. And uh, they didn't. They just continue to whistle and yell and do all those bad things. And I am tired of being a sexual object. You hear that? World, I'm just waiting for a magazine to come on that will speak our side, the jock side. Tired of being a sexual object. You hear that? This is known as the uh, non-sexual object manifesto. A white paper. If I can use that expression today in today's... Uh, a troubled racial world. But nevertheless, and I don't mean it racially, I mean it philosophically. It is a paper denouncing racist, sexist attitudes. Mister. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anybody that calls me Mister from now on. Uh, in fact, uh, let's have a, uh, a small show of hands. How about a contest? Huh? No, no, that's sickening. That's also discriminatory. It says that there are winners and losers. I'm against sport for all kinds. It shows that some guys can throw the ball better than Tom Saber. And I don't want that unfair so, yeah, separating the sheep from the goats and we know that everybody's either a goat or a sheep and it's not going to be that way anymore in the new world that's coming on there's not going to be people that's going to have an unfair advantage by having talent I'm sorry, I'm sorry I just get carried away like this sometimes when I think of injustice which reminds me, this is WOR New York oh boy, injustice but uh, nevertheless uh, as we as we uh, move into this uh, into the last quarter of this century, times have, things have got to change. The sex, Mister Shepherd, Mister Mister, everywhere I work, walk in, Mister 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 Shepherd's here. This little this thing, this person, I don't need a person sitting there at the desk. He says, Mister Shepherd's here, Mister Grubbage. Sexist objects right there for the start, Mister Mister Mister. I'm tired of it. So your name and address here to. Uh, J-O-K, Jock. And, uh, and uh, you just send your name and address to, to J-O-K, right? Jock. And, uh, and, and give us suggestions for the new appellation. The, the girls have now got Ms., right? And I don't blame them for using that. That sounds nice. Ms. Sounds like a slow leak in an all-state tire. Ms. And it's not bad at all. That's uh, kind of good. And, and, uh, and I, I like that. It's not sexist. It's just Ms. That's not sexist. I don't know. And uh, it's not like Miss, which was so sexist. Miss, for heaven's sakes. That uh, not denotes... Uh, wait just a minute here. Yes. Chief? Oh, that's again, once again.
spoken like a true sexist female chauvinist pig. Chief. Chief. There's the put-down. See? I'm getting that from the controller. Put-down. Put-down. Every time I go. That denotes that I am some kind of a tyrant, that I'm tromping over the poor, helpless fellow people. Fellow people, I'm an entertainment person. This is what I am. I'm an entertainment person. I am a, uh, I am a uh, laugh funny person. You, you remember how they used to say funny man? No, that's sexist pig. I'm a funny person now. Funny person. Funny person. And uh, for any of you who have a suggestion as to what we should start calling the new liberated male, uh, please send your uh, contributions to Jock, J-O-K. It's got to be said right. Jock. I mean, uh, so Jock Shepard's here. Hey, that's not bad. Jock's here. Jock Shepard's here. Uh, here's your car, Jock. Uh, that's not bad. Huh? <laughs> um, Jock, your car's here. Jock. Uh, or uh, how about, uh, would you care to see the wine list? Jock. That's that's not bad. That's not a sexual object. Okay. Although it's, it may give you a sore throat if you keep doing it long enough. But uh, uh, we don't. Our problem is not to help the Listerine people. Our problem is to do something about this this ridiculous sexual discrimination that's gone on far too long. In fact, I think the the future world, uh, right from very birth, children will be born without any sex at all. Absolutely. In fact, it'll probably be uh, surgically removed in the beginning. But then when we learn more about genes, we can produce a totally sexless creature. And there will be no discrimination at all at that point. No fun either, but there'll be no discrimination at all at that point. And Get your name and address in there fast. Don't forget the address is Jock in care of this station. I repeat, Jock in care of this station. And now, please, let's get right out of business. business. If anybody says you can't beat inflation... Tell them to go to Dodge. Waiting at the Dodge Boys now. $200 more in rebates on a new Dart, Tradesman Van, or Light Duty Carry Van. When you buy or lease any new Dodge Dart from stock or a Light Duty Van, you'll get $200 cash back from Chrysler Corporation. The Dart gives you low purchase price, high resale value, and great gas mileage. The Tradesman Maxi Van is the biggest in the business. All you do is make your best deal at the Dodge Boys on a new Dart or Dodge van. You'll get $200 cash back. But hurry, it's a limited time offer for retail customers only. One to a customer at participating Dodge dealers. So if anybody says you can't beat inflation... Just tell them you know where they should go. Tell them to go Yeah, to tell them where they can go. <laughs> you can beat inflation by buying a Dodge. See your local participating Dodge dealer today. Beat inflation. Spend all your dough. You don't mind this code there. I'll get to say a little CW here. Uh, now, see if you can copy the CW here, Marnie, because I'm going to send you a message in code, and you better read it because it tells you what to do next. <laughs> you ready to go? Okay, let's see. Uh, all right. <coughs> I'm getting my oscillator ready here. He knew! Oh, son, son of a gun. To your 
corn. That's the general commercial, of course. I just called for it. Right. Corn outside. Mr. Great Britain. Your corns won't find no place to hide. Your corns won't get to your corn, so your corns won't get to you. Now you can wash away corns and calluses with Cornoside. For thousands of sufferers, it has truly now, felt like a miracle to get ready to sing in the last Cornoside medicated foot bath helps relieve pain in just minutes, so your feet feel refreshed and revived. And right after is a perfect time to use the amazing Cornoside eraser. It leaves your feet feeling smooth. Cornoside, available at all Dwayne Reed drugstores. All together now. Your corns won't have no place to hide. Oh, them little old rotten corns. Cornoside. I wonder how Herb Saltzman's corn crop is coming up there, huh? You know, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, all of you who sent cow manure to Mr. Saltzman here. Uh, he was very, very, very gracious. And today he was, uh, was quite fragrant, too, in fact. And uh, Mr. Saltzman received over four tons of cow manure in his office. And, of course, Mr. Saltzman is the manager of the station here, so he's used to getting manure of one kind or another. And uh, he received over four tons of cow manure from, uh, from grateful listeners who wanted to see his corn crop growing well in the reception room on the 23rd floor. Yes, what's, you know what happened, don't you? You weren't here when I got the memo asking me to, to water uh, the assistant program director's uh, tomato plants every night when I came in here. I said, this is humiliating, but not really. I like to help little things grow. Oh, I'm a kind person, really. Very kind. I mean, you scratch the surface of uh, Jock Shepherd. And uh, you'll find there underneath, you'll find this soft, warm person that's made entirely out of yummy, 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 soft Dairy Queen vanilla ice cream. Just so yummy. Well, um, <laughs> I hate to get all sentimental over me. So uh, while I'm doing this, while I'm getting all sentimental over my soul, uh, let's get a couple of these other commercials out of the way. And then, gang, we can do a thing called a showsy here. Here we go. Let's sing the old anthem, gang. Sooner or later. I say sooner or later. Someday you'll own. Oh, someday you'll own. Yeah, sooner or later you'll own the general. Yeah, yeah. It's vacation value days at General Tire. It's a great time to get your car ready for the summer driving ahead. You know, like yelling at the kids in the back seat and stopping all the time at the Howard Johnson for those quick stops because nobody's got the right uh, internal equipment. So get the famous General Poly Jet for as little as two for $45.90. That's for size A78-13, tubeless black wall plus $1.75, federal excise tax per tire. Oh, I've got an exciting set of lyrics. So get down to your General Tire service at 91 New Brunswick Avenue in colorful Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Sooner or later, you'll own General. Yeah, yeah. Rada. Sooner or later, you. What's this barley corn? Yes, by George, they don't grow barley corn like they used to grow. This is Tommy Makeup. I'm sitting in the John oh, Barley Corn. Please, oh, I see. 209 East 45th Street, just off Third Avenue. Shouldn't talk to us like that, Tommy. A lot of nervous people out here. Yeah, 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 ye
If you want to sample of what Irish hospitality is really like, you should come in and soak up the atmosphere. The hospitality is warm, the people are cheerful, and the service is just fantastic. They have an old saying at the barley corn. There are no strangers here, only friends you haven't met. And you can prove that to yourself by dropping in any time. You can have lunch, dinner, or supper seven days a week. And a good time all the time. The food is fit for royalty, and as a matter of fact... Some of the recipes have been handed down from the ports of Irish King. Oh. The John Barleycorn. The Irish Oasis in Midtown Manhattan. Be gone with ye. Let's see. Uh, uh, for lunch, did you have his old Tommy Macon? I knew him before he was Irish. It's been a long time. For lunch, dinner, or special party information, call YU6-1088. Sure, indeed. You'll have a little need before dinner. What's the matter now? Well, it's scratched out here, but I'll do it if you want. I mean, I'll do it if you want. You know me, I'm putty in your hands. But according to that, I I may be wrong, but it's scratched out. It's both of them are scratched out. They got mad finally with what I said, you know. Well, we're back again. Oh, yeah, here it is. Summer, summertime, and the living is easy. Summertime. Where, where's my uh, salute to American here? Salute to American. It's doing it? Yeah, all right, all right. I was going to read this thing to you. It's the kind of stuff. This was sent to me by one of my spies. One of my spies. Okay, here it is. Uh, no, no, that's not the rest of it. The rest of it, the rest of it. Now, wait, wait. Just just be patient, gang. After all, we've been together for some time, you and me. We know that I'll eventually do it. There it is. Okay. How about this? Wouldn't you like to know this guy? In America, it was a time to yawn. The war to end all... This was in a, a West Coast paper. Uh, Los Angeles Times, in fact. The war to end all war was over, and we'd won, and the confetti had been swept away. It was 1922. The year uh, was uh, just another one of those years. The country was snoozing, and a mild recession was going on. But the duel between horses and mechanized travel was coming to a fast finish, and there was excitement there. The most excitement had to do with the motorcycle. Did you know that in the year of 1922? Yep, you had to be crazy. Folks figured to ride on something that had only two wheels and sounded like it was shooting at you. <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> now, that's good good writing. You just don't get that kind of writing in, say, the Times. I'm sorry. I like the Times, the New York Times, but uh, they wouldn't allow a phrase like that to get by. Hey, did you see the salute on, on television recently to uh, uh, somebody over at NBC has been listening to the old dad here? Uh, I've said for a long time that a true pub, uh, a true public figure is rarely on television. And to me, one of really a true public figure is Will Wang. Uh, Will Wang, the editor of the New York Times crossword puzzle. I have, I have fought Will Wang tooth and nail <laughs> every day for years. And more often than not, that son of a gun wins. Right? And uh, there he was. They did a profile. Will, we're proud of you. You've come a long way from those days when you were, you know, standing around in a corner hoping to get a chance to write an old bit uh, from, you know, from from one to another. I salute thee. But uh, nevertheless, uh, here's the line. It says, you had to be crazy, folks figured, to ride on something that had only two wheels and sounded like it was shooting at you. But it 
It smacked of high adventure. This is 1922 and the beginning of the motorcycle. Of course, they had motorcycles. You know that the motorcycle was one of the very first vehicles ever actually created uh, that moved across the, uh, the ground on its own uh, uh, power for a number of reasons. Uh, but the, it was. It was a very early vehicle, but it, uh, it was uh, very big just before World War I. In fact, uh, uh, my father, uh, to, to use a, a little, uh, uh, you might say, self-memory uh, here, my father uh, had a book that he gave me that he had had when he was a kid. And the book was about uh, Tom Swift. Did you ever read any Tom Swift? Well, that was the stuff my old man read, actually. And he had a book called Tom Swift and His Motorcycle. And, and it was all about, uh, you know, this guy, this kid, Tom Swift, who made his own motorcycle. And, <laughs> and he, went, he drove around like crazy on a motorcycle. And, uh, and, and of course, that was about that time, and apparently the, that was a big deal in those days. The whole motorcycle mystique was, was uh, really taken off in 1922, and this is a piece about it. It's at uh, 1922. Uh, it attracted some people, this crazy machine that you rode around that fell off on stuff. Uh, one was a Los Angeles guy named George Baggy, who was 18, and he was ready for a little action. <laughs> 1922, old George. Now, you wouldn't guess that to look at Baggy today. He's 70 now. He lives in one of those moderately posh downtown uh, townhouses in a gated, guarded area of Los Angeles near Inglewood. And he's a very distinguished-looking gentleman who rarely smiles and looks a little bit like Calvin Coolidge. He is a quiet, solid local institution in the not-so-exciting business of wheel alignment and balancing. Baggy and Son, Incorporated. George is the son, and he's been in business in Culver City since 1918. And they've never had what you might call a bad year. Uh, George Baggy's business cards read, quote, by appointment only. That's pretty elegant. Get your wheels balanced by appointment only. But in 1922, George Baggy was 5 feet 9 inches of wet leather who didn't exactly get the thrill of his life from putting in 14 hours a day in the old man's garage. So, he convinced two buddies that it might be fun for the three of them to get on their motorcycles and take a little ride from Los Angeles to New York. That is some ride in 1922. Uh, they did not even yet have the throughway. <laughs> no way. So, they already had done a little hell-raising riding. Baggy uh, had himself a 1960 Harley Davidson that he had laid out $16 for originally, and he admitted, quote, the whole thing had uh, kind of become an obsession, actually. Well, we had this uh, bike. Me, All my buddies had bikes, me and my friends, and uh, we all had this motorcycle bug bag. We had a special wardrobe. What we wore, we wore corduroy jackets and riding pants, you know, the kind that riders wear, those them high waters. We had leather leggings, leather helmets, and aviation goggles. And we all kept them Harleys in top condition. We just kept them shine right up. Well, every Friday we would leave at 10 p.m. for Layton's Cafeteria in Frisco for hash and eggs. See, we lived in L.A., so that's quite dry. That's 700 miles. Well, we'd head up over Ridge Route, the old two-lane blacktop grapevine that had more twists and turns and up and downs than any road in the country. We'd take those turns like a grease snake. Laying them bikes so far over that the footrests would scrape on the pavement and leaving a string of sparks like the 4th of July. I remember how he used to say, look at them sparks a-trailing. Well, it was 11-hour trip one way just to get hash and eggs. 
We'd roar up like thunder to the cafeteria parking lot. We'd swagger in, knock down breakfast, then hit the winding trail home full of hash and just kiss in the wind. Doesn't that sound great? That guy talks like somebody out of a, out of a, uh, you know, out of a novel. By uh, uh, he, he actually talks the way a writer of that period uh, wrote a great deal. A guy named Richard Halliburton. If you ever pick up any old Richard Halliburton and used bookstores around, he writes, "Kissing the wind" is a Halliburton phrase. Uh, you know what happened to Richard Halliburton? A very famous character of the period, dashing. Uh, he was like the Walter Cronkite, Edward R. Murrow, uh, dashing uh, world uh, reporter. He was lost at sea in a Chinese junk. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's the way to go. I'll tell you if you're a dashing type. Anyway, there were crashes, of course. Baggy himself went airborne once when his two-wheeler mixed metal with a very solidly bit automobile. He banged into a car, and here's the quote. I landed 60 feet away from the wreck scene. I bruised my pride. As for my Harley, well, I just called the tow truck. They swept up the pieces. Took me a month later to get that thing back out there on the road running. But those were mostly good times and excitement, and that paved the way for the cross-country run. Now, here's why we're telling you about this. Uh, there was a little more involved in this New York caper than making a two-lane black top trip to San Francisco. About the only road in those days between Los Angeles and New York was more of a rumor than a road. They didn't even have road maps like we have today. You know, you just go into the Shell Station or the Esso Station. They had to have, you know, there'd just be a little green line marked through this place called Utah. And you get to the to the point where the green line is supposed to start. It's a couple of posts and th- three or four pieces of gravel and a lot of gophers. That was gone. <laughs> And there was no Holiday Inns either, by the way, in those days. Uh, there were no direction mileage signs posted. In other words, there was no sign that says that way, Salt Lake City. Uh, uh, there was one that read, for example, most of, the, most of the common road signs of those days read, Do not attempt this route without ample supplies of water, oil, and gasoline, and emergency supplies. Wow. Uh, can you imagine somebody putting a sign up like that at the Pennsylvania Turnpike? You know, it says there were no road maps, of course. Geronimo had surrendered not too many years before, which made it even more intriguing. In short, it was, yes, less dangerous than wagon training it, but not much. Places to eat and people to say howdy to were far and few between for the better part of the trek. There was a whole lot of desert, rangeland, prairie, and mountain. But on June 24, 1922, Baggy and his two buddies, Bob and, uh, yeah, two buddies, Bob, so on, whatever the other guy's name is, we've lost that. Wait, one, two, three, Bob, so on. Well, we've lost one part of it, but I'll get on with it, don't worry. Bob and his friend uh, took off on uh, June 24, 1922. Well, they went on, and they headed west or east, rather, over across the, 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 the trackless desert. What's the first desert they hit as they go uh, west or east from uh, L.A.? What is the first one? Well, you think about that. You should know your geography, but there is a big desert right over there, see? Anyway, they headed out across these deserts. They went across the Mojave, and all the while they were struggling <laughs> on and on in the tremendous heat. Remember, after all, it's, it's June 24th, and they're in the worst kind of heat. 
They never stopped to learn the countryside or the people who lived there. They went on. Finally, they reached, after struggling for days, they reached Wichita, then Topeka, then across the Arkansas and Neosho rivers, heading for Kansas City. Then the rains came. Drops the size of silver dollars turned to hard dirt, turned to hard dirt roads, which they were in those days, dirt roads, into a fantastic sea of lube grease-like mud. Twelve hours would take to go maybe four or five miles. It was like that for a long, long time. And then it suddenly became rainless beyond Missouri. They made good time until somewhere past Columbus, Ohio, Baggy's front fork. That's the fork, you know, the front of the front wheel there. The motorcycle snapped while crossing a river bottom. Wow. <laughs> well, they had to turn back to Columbus. They found a pair of forks, made the repairs, and were heading out of town again when the front clamps on the sidecar's frame snapped on Cecil Smith's bike. They had all their supplies in the sidecar near see. The sidecar took off in one direction, and the bike went in another. Out of control, Smith on the bike, and Hill, <laughs> one of the buddies, was sitting in the sidecar, <laughs> passed between a gasoline pump and a corrugated steel building. Oh, my God, it's right out of a Max Senate comedy. This knocked out a big fellow pumping gas. <laughs> He's standing there. This sidecar knocks him right down. Quote, almost broke his leg. Ripped a large hole in the rear fender of the customer's car, which was a brand-new dark four-cylinder touring car, and he went right through the side of the garage. Got up and said, well, crikey, that was some some scene there. And he was absolutely unhurt, but it was caused a lot of confusion. Trouble had come to River City. There they were. The sidecar got away, went right through the garage, knocked down a guy pumping gas, and knocked off the back of a dark four-door touring sedan. Well, I'll tell you, it was trouble. After a while, a crowd of townspeople come marching up the street with the sheriff. A crowd coming with the sheriff. The sheriff was wearing a five-pointed badge and a gun large enough to qualify for shooting the tops off mountains. <laughs> there was no cavalry, nowhere to save us. We was just putting the pokey till we could get the money from home to get us out and pay for all the damage. Well, after that, the going was easy. That was after the 14 days it had been spent in the slam. And we went on and on. And we went on through Nebraska. We went on through all them states until finally we reached New York. Tired, worn out, but we'd done it. And do you know that I haven't been back to New York since? And you know what he's going to do? He's going to make the trip again on the same 1916 Harley beginning June 24th. <laughs> My God, I'd like to be on hand and greet him when he comes into town. Wouldn't you come down? At, I'd love to see a 1916 Harley, personally. And, and you know, he, he says, made more. it sounded like it was shooting at you. He says, that thing made more sound. They didn't have mufflers like they have today, you know. I don't know whether he, he could get the kind of gas, that thing, because that was very low-octane gas that must have used. You know, you know where people bought gas in 1916 uh, uh, and, and, you know, years before, world, before the World War? Well, most gas, believe it or not, was sold in drugstores. Drugstores. You know, and, and, and just before, uh, in fact, before, say, the turn of the century, all gasoline was sold in drugstores because it was not considered a fuel. It was considered a cleaning fluid. You know, something like uh, a, a, a medicine, too. People took it for uh, for medicine, believe it or not. <laughs> and so, you know, you'd come down the street there in your 1898 uh, curved dash Oldsmobile, you know, <laughs> and you'd stop in front of the drugstore. <laughs> 
and you'd get out, you'd go into the drugstore, and you'd look for the prescription man, you'd say, uh, I'll have one pint of your best, uh, uh, your best petrol, please. He'd say, do you have a prescription? You'd say, no, I don't, but I do have a Curve Dash 1896 old sitting out there. Would you care to take a look at it? And if you sell it to me without a prescription, I'll give you a ride around the block. And sure enough, they came out with that nice little jar. They poured it in and... <laughs> I do that pretty well, don't I? Jonathan Winters, you're a schlunk. Anybody can do a machine gun. Try a 